Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And with us today is comedian, actor, writer, overall great person, Lily Dew. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, Welcome. Lily. How you doing? Happy to be here. Good. Great. Well, welcome to Repeater. This is a show where we talk to somebody about a song that means a lot to them. Okay. So that's why you're here, yeah. in case you were wondering. Wow. I'm excited. Most music doesn't mean that much to me, so... <laughs> This will be interesting. This is special. Yeah. Yeah, so this is good. This is like a good little challenge almost. Uh-huh. Uh, but to get started, we're going to kick it off with something we've been listening to recently. Sure. Um, so what I've been listening to recently is from a German composer named Niels Fromm. Oh. Uh, I stumbled upon his music through like a quiet, like ambient music thing because I like to listen to music when I'm sleeping. So mm-hmm. it's... Very kind of chill. Um, this one's kind of a cool little analog synth composition, composition. I would say. Uh, he got a cool little studio in Germany, and instead of like getting reverb pedals or reverb effects, he just sort of used empty rooms to like make everything sound spacey and like calming. Ooh, so very cool. Uh, and the album is called All Melody, I believe. Very sure. cool. Yep. That's what I'm listening to. Love it. I am recently listening to a, this band called Camp Cope, which is recommended to me by my, by my friend Brady. Yes. Uh, they are an Australian punk band out of Melbourne and um, are very cool, very good. And they have a new album that I think came out today or oh, yesterday. You but, can always tell it's a punk band by the name. Yeah, Camp <laughs> Cope. Yeah, it's my collective word. Yeah. Um, but they they have had it, one of their singles out for a little while called Done. And surprise, it's being like it's about being like done with men <laughs> oh. and uh, the patriarchy that upholds them and stuff like that. So it's a good little punk anthem to start off 2018. They're great. Great. Lily? Um, I've been listening to lately this album um, called The Roches by The Roches. And... They were like three sisters and they were a folk band in I want to say like the 60s or 70s. And um, the song of theirs, Hammond, played in the season finale of the third season of You're the Worst. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like TV is a good place to get music sometimes because otherwise if you listen to music blank, you have to attach your own emotional significance to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But in a scene, it already has that feeling attached to it. I'm like, great, this is the song that makes me feel this thing now. But the intro song, and the song Hammond is really good. Uh, and folky and beautiful but the intro song um by them is so hokey it's like my name is debbie and my name is <laughs> when i started i was like oh no the rest of the album not that great i mean it's a certain type of music of the yeah. era but hammond is good that's really funny <laughs> yeah i think um tv and movies can be a very good place to get music from mm-hmm. yeah because it gives you that extra impact yeah seeing something happen yes yeah. Which song did you want to talk about today? I want to talk about Your Ex-Lover is Dead by Stars. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> Let's listen to a clip of it now. Wow. But the intro is the best part. The intro is the best part? Yeah. Do you want to back up? No. Okay. <laughs> Everyone at home, go back and listen to the intro. Yeah. yeah. the best part. It used to be my um, ringtone. Oh, wow. Did it include the man talking at the beginning? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting ringtone song. Yeah. Wow. I love that drop. Yes. Ooh. All right, that's just a that's just a taste of the song for everybody. Um, great tune. And we're gonna guess why you chose it. Go for it. You think we have a shot? No, I <laughs> barely know. Uh, great. Um, I think, going off of what you said earlier, this song was in a TV show you really liked, and you went to find it, found the album, and saw how super talented all these musicians are, that you bought it, this song stuck out to you, and then you were like, I need to download this and make it my ringtone, and then you heard it so much, that now it's your favorite song. Whoa. Okay. Wow, such a densely incorrect theory. <laughs> that is what I strive for. Yeah. Um, mine is going to be extremely on the nose, which Great. is that you, um, I'm going to say in high school, broke up with somebody and were really like either, either very sad or very pissed about it. And one of your very good friends was like, get, like told you to listen to this song um, as a way of killing him off in your memory. Your ex-boyfriend <laughs> like Very, very on the nose of like, wow. don't even fucking concern yourself with this person any longer. You know, the skeleton of that is almost correct, Ooh. but the details of it are not. Okay. Um, so enlighten us. My friend Akus was like, have you listened to this band? When I was either late in high school or early college, um... And then I listened to this song. I don't think I was dating anyone at that time, though. But their first two albums became, like, some of my most played music. Um, and I kind of took it with me through the course of all my relationships. So it must have been end of high school then. Because mm. uh, my first relationship was after I graduated high school. <laughs> um, and... Um, I remember listening to it a lot with my first boyfriend after we graduated high school and then we did the like, oh, we're going to college, we're going to uh, break up but then still talk on the phone all the time and kind of be together and then kind of break up again. Um, and at one point, maybe my sophomore year or something, I bought tickets to see them in concert in my college town, Northampton, Massachusetts. And he was like, oh, should I come up? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, because there are band. And I was like, whoa, truly? I never thought of it like that. <laughs> this is my band. You can listen to it. Like, I just don't think of, I don't ever have that associated memory of like, oh, that reminds me of our time together. I was always yeah. like, I liked this. I played it for him. And my next relationship, I was also like, this is good. Because a lot of their first, and they, they moved away from like, relationshipy music but right. a lot of their first two albums is about getting mm -hmm. together breaking up heartbreak relationships i'm still in love with you is one of their mm -hmm. songs in our bedroom after the war very melodramatic but i was always like whether i was like with someone or not i was like this is for me yeah sure. um yeah so that's my relationship to that band yeah those albums feel very like very um 
apt for anyone like any young person in a relationship yeah you know or not or not you know, it's it covers all the stages you cannot be in a relationship thinking about relationships. Well, do you think... Well, I guess that's what I mean, is like whether you're in one at the time or between relationships or looking to be in one. Yeah. Because it doesn't strike me as delightful as like... If, if I was like a young, very single, wanting to be very single uh, type of album, but maybe it is. But that's... I think I'd never had that association with uh, those first couple albums. Sure. Yeah. Because they're mm. not like party albums, you know? <laughs> Hmm, okay. <laughs> hmm. Different parties. I mean, they're great. They are different parties. Um, yeah, I see that. I, I think it, for me, so I will say I started off saying, like, I don't have that much of a relationship to music. My parents didn't really listen to music in the house ever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I bought my first album when I was in middle school. I didn't really listen to music mm-hmm. until then. And I think that is formative. That like, yeah. shit. So I don't listen to music all the time. I'll listen to one album for, like, a month and then yeah. move on. Um, I consume very little new music. Like, that's probably also why I'm bringing the same music to all my relationships. Yeah. This is like, these are the three bands. I know. <laughs> but, um, so because this music just like I immediately emotionally connected to it. I mean, I was at that time 17 and then I'll always have that relationship to it. And it immediately brings me to a personal place in a way that a lot of music doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why it's significant to me. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing about music though. Like, yes. When you find it, especially at that age, yeah, listening to it now, like going back to something you found when you were seventeen, can immediately transport you, yes, to that time, yeah. And even if you've grown as a person or changed as a yeah. person, it when it's good music or music that connects to you, it's cool when it kind of like grows with you, yeah. And now looking back, I'm like, there's so much like cliche, kitschy stuff in it, but back then I was like. I love like a female and male vocalist at the same yeah. time. So when Amy Millen's voice comes in on the court, it's like so beautiful and light. And when the strings are in and then obviously the opening sequence where there's the old man that mm-hmm. goes like, when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. What does that mean? I don't know, but I like <laughs> so it. so dramatic. I know. I love it. Yeah. I think that's something that comes up kind of often on this show is the ability of music to transport you back to something and I, I guess I think about it a lot because sometimes it's like a specific person or specific place and it has a memory that could either be good or bad. Yeah. But there are some songs and artists that probably, they put me back in a place where I either just feel like excited or like powerful kind of because yeah. they were maybe anthemic at a certain point in my life yeah. or I, they bring me back to like a really low point where really? I kind of get in this... I get this feeling of like, man, have I not escaped this? Like there's a gravity of the song, you know? And sometimes I'm like, man, I wish that I could uh, listen to this song without feeling like angsty or something. Mm, Um, I don't have music that I go back to that puts me in a bad place, really. I think I kind of get off on the nostalgia either way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I don't really have that thing where like breakup music or whatever, or like, where I associate it with someone else or something so bad. I think, I don't know, I'm an only child. Maybe I'm just so selfish. I'm like, it's my experience. (laughs) Don't think about anything else. I think it's a more honest take maybe though, because I think a lot of people 
do carry songs and albums with them from like relationship to relationship or just period of their life to another period of their life. Um, and maybe you kind of like tell someone that it was like for you too, but I bet it's like, I bet that person still like shows the new person their favorite yeah. song and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> oh it's probably like hiding it a little bit. Like yes. you got your bag of tricks. You got the songs that you yes. pull out that make you like, you know, this is like yeah. when I found a breakup email I'd written in college and at the bottom I was like, and by the way, these are the last photos I have of us. I'm deleting them, but in case you wanted them, here they are. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's crazy <laughs> that you know that's not what i'm doing um yeah i i had a relationship where once i was like yeah this is our song like this is our band and whatever and then that ended yeah and i guess i don't know i was young and dumb so i was like well i guess i can't listen to that anymore because it's Wild. always gonna remind me of that person it's yours yeah and then i got to a point where i was like yeah but i like that song yeah i want to listen to it Unless they're literally the music producer that owns that <laughs> right. band and the rights to that band and they're writing fuck you music yeah. to you specifically. Like, it's public domain, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah no one has uh, copyrights over, like, what matters to you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I'm getting back into my Limp Biscuit CDs. Oh, good. That's what I'm telling yes. everybody. Oh. So. It's uh, such good music to hold yeah. hands to, <laughs> take a long walk to it. Formative relationship kind mm. of music. Yes, mm. chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. A truly crazy combination of that is words. truthfully <laughs> the only Limp Biscuit album I ever purchased. I don't wow, know the really? others. Yep. You didn't uh, $3 bill, y'all? That was uh, like a breakout. Mm. I feel like you should know me better. I, that make it makes sense for me. It's just funny. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it was like that's like two albums late to the game, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And we were the prime we were like the prime audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Yeah, just us three angry, <laughs> disenfranchised young men in here. <laughs> um do you remember what the what that first album was that you bought in middle school, you said? Yes, it was Christina Aguilera by Christina Aguilera. <laughs> and it's good. Her, yeah. her debut album? Yes. Uh, it has Genie in a Bottle mm -hmm. on it. It has Come On Over. Oh, yeah. And I think it might also have Reflection, Ooh. which was probably my gateway to her. Because nice. if you, a young Asian American girl, you watching Mulan. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if I know what song that is. Reflection. Now I do. Yeah. Now that you it's, it's like impossible to sing. Is it? It's. I mean, she has a crazy voice, right? It goes so high. I've never high. tried to sing it. But do you, do you know how it goes? Can you think of it? Can you do it? I can. No. I can barely sing. No. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. She is, a, she is an incredibly talented vocalist. Yes. Her voice is so good. Yeah. That's why she hasn't left us yet. You know, she's still, she's still kicking around. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I always thought she was better than Britney. But now if I have to reevaluate, I think Britney has more hits. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. But that was the argument back then, right? Christina had like a better voice. Yes. She was a better singer. Yes. And Britney didn't like deserve it because more flash or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, who, who are we to judge who <laughs> deserve? Why do we have to pit these young women against each other? Let them all have it. Let the two people in a relationship have their music. Let Britney and Christina yeah, both exactly. be successful young women. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why we do it. 
I mean, I'm looking at you like you disagree. <laughs> I think I'm the. Fight. I think I look like someone that would disagree. No, no, you're sensitive, Evan. I know you. <laughs> um, so did you? That uh, <laughs> did you go to college and find that people listened to music a lot more than you like thought other people did, or is it something you were already kind of aware of? You know, I, growing up with less of it, were you aware that all, a lot of your friends maybe listened to more music? Yes. Okay. And also, so like, yeah, I, I'm first-gen Chinese-American, so my parents were also like, we do not spend money on frivolous things like movies or CDs. So, and this was back when y y you couldn't like download MP3s as easily or you mm -hmm. could on LimeWire and you'd get a huge virus and you'd really regret it. Um, so what happened in high school, it's so funny that like some of the music I know now is dictated by this. Some of my friends who did have a lot of albums would have like the whole booklets full mm -hmm. of CDs. I would just ask to borrow it and I would go home and I would burn all of them and then just listen to that as the music that I had. Mm -hmm. So some of the music I have, like that I listened to a lot in high school is just like the stuff that I liked from whatever my friends had. And that's all I had access to. And luckily it would be like, I had some friends who liked a lot of like, classic like like uh the clash or like mm -hmm. the ramones but then also one friend who was obsessed with the red hot chili peppers and all the individual <laughs> members mm -hmm. and had like all of john frushanti's individual albums yeah. and those are all bad <laughs> and i did not need to listen to them um and then and then there was a while where i was like i can't keep up with all this new music and there's so much old stuff that i am behind on because my parents didn't play me the Beatles mm -hmm. when I was a kid. So I, I would like impose these restrictions on myself, but I'm not a regimented person. Uh, and I'd be like, I'm only listening to old music mm. because I'll just, there's so much stuff I'm missing and I'll never catch up and I can't keep up. So only stuff from the seventies, only stuff from the eighties for mm -hmm. now. But I barely did that. <laughs> It seems like a nice idea, though. Yeah. And I get where that mentality comes from. Yeah. For but sure. then, but then you gotta listen to new music because everyone yeah. talks about it, yeah. and then it's part of the conversation. Yeah, I went through a phase where I tried to make a rule for myself to listen to a Beatles album every week. Yeah. Just because I felt, even though I knew their catalog okay, I felt like I was surrounded by people who intimately knew like every single Beatles song. Yeah. So I tried to do that and definitely failed. The album that I know best from the Beatles is the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band soundtrack because again, that's the album a friend <laughs> had. Yeah, it's like yeah. the songs on there is like, are the ones I know. Yeah. We did a huge CD like burning and ripping party weeks before we all went to college oh. of all my friends from home. And so I remember, I think in one week, I probably doubled my CD collection or something yes. like that. And so freshman year of college and into college, a lot of the albums that I had were very much dictated by whatever my friends happened to have, you know? Yeah. And I'm very slow because I don't really listen to just the singles. I listen to the whole album and mm -hmm. decide if I want to listen to the whole thing over and over again. And there's like lots of like half and half albums out there where I'm like, okay, well, whatever. 
There's not a lot yeah. of like whole good albums. Yeah, and that's what makes it hard to go through like a decade of music or like a genre where you're like, I'm only listening to this because I've tried that too. Yeah. And then you, once you start doing that, the bad stuff starts floating up to you because a lot of people are like, yeah, music was better back in the seventies. It's like, yeah, cause you only remember the good bands. Yeah. There's a ton of really bad stuff too. Yes. There are bands you were probably into for one second in high school that you do not even remember anymore. Oh, yeah. I found my old, old iPod and I went through and I was like, some of this stuff I know I listen to a lot and I do not know what this is. <laughs> I literally do not know what this band is. I can give you one that, uh, I remembered the other day where I said, you know, God, what the fuck was I listening to? Was the plain white tees? <laughs> <laughs> they were very bad. And I don't know if they're still around or anything, but I definitely, one of their albums I listened to a lot. Mm. I think I bought the follow-up. Nice. In seventh grade, I would watch like music countdown shows because they would play at a time like 3.30 or like 4 mm-hmm. when I'd come home from school and my parents weren't home yet. Um and so, like, sometimes they'd premiere music or whatever, like, and that would be the music I'd hear. And I remember, oh, this is so <laughs> damning. But I remember <laughs> Vanessa Carlton's uh, song, what is it called? Miles. A Thousand Miles debuted on TRL. And I was like, this song is good. I love that song. I love it. Bought the album. I remember, God, I remember seeing on a VH1 countdown John Mayer's, uh, is Room for Squares the album? No That's such thing album. is the song. Yeah. That song is still good. That song <laughs> is truly still good. And also Dido, thank oh, you. Yeah. In seventh grade, my two favorite things were that John Mayer song and Dido's Thank You. And I loved her album, No Angel. <laughs> no Angel, That's right. But then I also loved like the Velvet Underground. Yes. Yeah. But Weird I range. Yeah, but then it's be like, yeah, my my tastes are all fucked because I've only listened to like four <laughs> things this year. Yeah. I, in middle school, we moved and um, I think TRL had debuted or like the local like yeah. top five songs of the week yeah. or whatever, debuted Hanson's Umbop. Mm. And I fucking loved that song. Yeah, it's catchy as hell. And out. then I got to middle school and realized that like it's, Im- I don't know, it was embarrassing to listen yeah. to it. So I went the complete opposite way and tried to like mimic my neighbors and got really into corn <laughs> or like got, you know, quote unquote got really into, but I was like, that's how I'm going to like pass off like being into Mbop. Yeah. You just, you're so susceptible to anything yeah. at that age. Yeah. Someone I, who I'd look up to like an older cousin or something would be like, I love Madonna. And I'd be like, you must be right. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, okay. Um, I had a friend from home, Ben, who loved corn as well uh, around that age. But the thing that we like bonded over and were super into right up until that point was Boys to Men. <laughs> like we would sit in Ben's house and just listen to Boys to Men or Michael Jackson, one of the two, for like most of elementary school. And then, yeah, eventually the teen years come and you shift radically. That's new metal. Is that what that would count as? Yeah. New metal. Isn't that wild? That was very popular. Like yeah. TRL. Yeah. Countdown popular. Linkin Park. Yeah. All that Huge. stuff. It's wild. Yeah. And then the VH1 countdown would be very different. It would 
be on Saturdays early morning and it'd be mostly like adult contemporary mm-hmm. and that's where I heard like later Goo Goo Doll singles and yeah. like <laughs> Cheryl Crow songs that like were past their prime but like certain people in their 30s were still into it, and I'd be like yeah. oh yeah that is good <laughs> if it makes you happy would that have been around that time that uh, Cheryl Crow song that, I feel like that's a good one that's it like, is a good one yeah. but I think that was yeah. like that was her Second or third album, like it yes. wasn't her breakout or anything. Yeah, I'm thinking like I'm gonna soak up oh, the sun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really a whatever yeah. song. But probably like maybe her biggest hit. Really? Right? That song was huge. As was that duet she did with Kid Rock. Uh, photograph. Oh, photograph. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest songs. It's one of those things where I think if you look at the charts on it, it's crazy how big it is because it was a crossover song. Yeah. It was the biggest country song of the year, and it was also a huge pop hit, and it yeah. went on to a adult contemporary like forever. You know, it's just gonna be on light radio until the end of time. The first time I heard Nickelback's, um, what's the oh, first look one? Look at this photograph. Photograph. No, no, no. Oh. The first the, for single their first they big had. Hit. This uh, is how, how you remind, you remind me. me? I was like, this song is good. <laughs> they engineered I it that way. I love this song. Yeah. They, and then I heard Hero on the soundtrack of Spider-Man, and I was like, I love this song. <laughs> and then I heard the next two, and I was like, these are still the same. But there was so much public backlash. But I remember they played that song yeah. at someone's bar mitzvah. Yeah. It's so catchy. I Honestly, if it still plays, I yeah. think it's good. <laughs> I had some friends in high school that were like Creed super fans. Creed. And there were some oh good Creed gosh. songs. Yeah, um, but, but they have like a bad similar, message. Yeah, but they're a similar category of just like almost at this point reprehensible butt rock open. kind of. Yeah. Is that Creed? Yeah, With that's Creed. Arms wide open. What else? Is by them? Higher. Um, higher. Can you take me higher? Take me higher. Yeah. I remember one line from each song, and that's it. Karaoke <laughs> is a nightmare for me. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Karaoke is so weird to me because, again, everyone else like usually knows music pretty well. Uh-huh. I know first two lines of the chorus, maybe the first verse, but not the like later lines, and definitely not later verses and bridge. And because I don't have like a sense of musicality, I'm not like off pitch, but I'm off tempo. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play an instrument growing up. So I just like never know like when it's supposed to come in, how fast it's supposed to be. And so I can't match later verses to mm-hmm. the original. Cause sometimes you don't have to know it. You just have to be like, oh, it went like you that can, before. Like, but I can't do that mapping. I have to yeah. genuinely know the songs, which is why Your Ex Lover is Dead is also good for me. Cause that's just a song that at one point in college I learned all the words to. Mm-hmm. And I've just always known all the words to it from beginning to end. And that's a relief to me. I'm like, <laughs> at least I've got this one in my yeah, pocket. Because I invariably will just pick a song where I think it's going to be easy and then it gets to the chorus and I'm just like... That is every song for me. It happens to a lot of folks. I was at a pizza joint the other day and they were randomly playing like an old Blink-182 song, which... I guess surprisingly doesn't happen that often for how much chart success they've had over the years. Yeah. I think it's so uncool to put them on if you're like working someplace that no one does it. But God, I just knew every word to that song and I probably oh, had yeah. not heard it in six or seven years. Yeah. But it was burned in there. Just pretty, from yeah. listening to it good. all the time? 
Yeah, I used to, I to listen even, to them. I have time. to sit down, read those lyrics, and learn them like sides <laughs> to a play yeah. or something. Um, I've probably told this story before, but a couple of years ago, there was a bar in my hometown that somebody kept bringing a karaoke machine into, uh-huh. and a lot of people opposed this idea because it was annoying. Because uh, it was just some like local pub, and so me and my friend Matt decided, all right, we're gonna go up there and sing our hearts out, and uh-huh. just kind of like. I guess we thought like the irony would come over everybody and like they would understand that this is a bad idea to have this. So we picked Creed's higher Mm -hmm. and sang our little hearts out. Yes. Got up on the chairs, just like waving our hair in the wind. And where we didn't know the lyrics, we just sort of like, you know, mumbled along, but like in kind of like, (laughs) Uh, and then it finished and the dust settled and we kind of wiped our brow and the person that kept bringing in the karaoke machine came over and was like, that was beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, we didn't prove a point at all. Uh, and then that bar closed. So, wow. Whoops. Wow. You guys shut it down. You closed a small business. <laughs> I feel bad. Uh-oh. Like well, Walmart just and some more of the destruction of Creed. <laughs> Yeah. Young Christian girls, local town <laughs> bars. Ooh, karaoke is stressful. I'm always like, I'm always like, hey, hey, do you know the song? Can, can you go up with me? Can you? Because I just, I know I can do a chorus. And when we, when if the song's on the radio and people sing along, it's great because I'll sing along to the part I know, and then I just kind of go, da 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 da, or yeah. I know the wrong words. A lot of times, wrong words. Is that a frequent occurrence on road trips or things like that? I just, yeah, I think, I, I kind of remember the tune of things, but I don't, someone was singing that um, Bruno Mars song, I don't remember one, but it's like, too hot, hot oh, damn. Funk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they said, too hot, and pointed to me, and I go, too hot. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I know how it goes, but I don't know, it's hot damn. <laughs> Yeah. You're just remixing the lyrics. Yeah. It's a remix. Now, do you have uh, the same relationship with TV and movies at all? Like, have you always been really familiar with those forms of media and music was kind of an outlier or? TV and movies I watched. Yeah. I didn't get to watch that many movies growing up, but TV I always had on. Um as long as my parents weren't home, which they <laughs> weren't a lot. Um, so that I do have, that I was fastidious about. I would like read the TV guide about the upcoming season and watch all the pilots that looked Whoa. interesting to me. This is when I was like in like middle school. Yeah. So I've seen like probably the first episode of like all the shows <laughs> from like a certain era in the, early to mid aughts Mm -hmm. i watched like and then certain shows i'd be like this is good and it would get canceled or it would become gray's anatomy so (laughs) my taste not a taste maker kind of all over the place there was like a show based on anthony bourdain's book yeah cook's tour yeah but it was called kitchen confidential and bradley i forgot there was a like a, a yeah sitcom, sitcom right and, yeah and bradley cooper was the lead yes. he played oh, the anthony yeah. bourdain part about and, that stuff. Show. and i was like this show is good they were like this show is canceled, canceled. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Yeah, that felt like a surefire hit when I oh, saw yeah. that they were going to do that show. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is a show I love called Wonderfalls that was canceled after like three episodes on oh, Fox. No. It's by The Dead Like Me and uh, some other show, guys. They ended up making Pushing Daisies okay. eventually. Uh, yeah. and it's that like show a, was great. Yeah, and it's like a similar tone. It's like a girl works in Niagara Falls mm-hmm. and these little, she like hits her head and these like little animals start talking to her and telling her to do these like figurines start mm-hmm, telling her mm-hmm. to do things and it um they all become like good deeds and oh. stuff and have like this rube goldberg effect um anyways i own the dvd box set if you guys <laughs> want to borrow it's pretty good was that was that kind of obsession something that got you into acting and wanting to pursue this you know i wasn't really allowed to do theater (laughs) this has just become a reference to so many things i wasn't allowed to do Mm -hmm. um but even if it's later you know like you had this i was really have this knowledge of television you know yeah being very intimate with it and stuff yeah i think i did want to act but like like i auditioned for a school play my freshman year my parents were like you are not allowed to do that um but I liked movies and TV. Movies were, were harder to get a hold of because um, my parents would like monitor kind of what I was watching. Yeah. And you just watch TV, I feel like shows the same 12 movies just a bajillion yeah. times. Like movies that you think you've seen through and now you, and you never actually have. Um, I wanted to like write movies or like I thought what felt more feasible was like, uh, be a film critic because I was like mm. well I can't make it's so much easier and that's kind of all you have the ability to do as a kid like I had a blog and I would just kind of like sound off yeah. <laughs> on things because you can't you don't think you can make things when yeah. you're young I mean some kids do I didn't yeah well and it certainly has gotten easier and easier with every year that's gone by recently yes. yeah. the barriers to entry of yes. like, how could I make a movie? Well, yes. now if you have a phone. Yeah, now you can be a Vine star. R.I.P. Yeah. Vine. It's coming back. R.I.P. Vine. It will be back one yeah. day, right? Vine 2. Vine 2. Yeah. <laughs> the return of Vine. Vine 2, 10 second videos. Whoa. <laughs> Game changing. I don't know. How do you revolutionize a concept that is now so dated? Yeah. What? Uh, so having that said, what kind of show, what would be like your dream show to be in or to create? Uh, <laughs> uh, anything um, <laughs> um god you know it, it sucks when you watch a show and you're like ah oh, this show already did it do you ever have that feeling yeah, yeah. um and i know it gets and i a lot of understandable like flack but i think girls in its later seasons is really beautiful the bottle episodes Mm -hmm. and just certain and like yes the characters are like and and i think what's limiting about the show is like yes it's very privileged and it's very through a very white lens which i think just is lena dunham's experience but i also think it really captures a lot of very honest things about friendships and relationships in your early to mid 20s being a creative in new york all those things but like maybe with more people of color yeah yeah absolutely that would be a good goal to shoot yeah. for um 
yeah, that's uh, that idea that things have been done before is certainly, I think, one of the things that, you know, artists are forever bumping up against. Yeah. And yeah. is one of those things that they have to find a way to quiet because yes. you are going to attempt to do the thing you've seen done. Yes. But hopefully because you are you, it will just be it will be different. Yes. And you know? I feel like also people starting out talk themselves out of things with that because we're already looking for reasons to back out. Yeah. And because we have no power, if there were anyone else out there with more power with that similar project, ours would never get off the ground. But like, I feel like, yeah, there's a bajillion Vietnam War movies. Yeah. There's yeah. so many. People make movies about the same thing from different angles sometimes. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. And, and it's I, all just. It might be the same thing or the same idea, but once it's filtered through yeah. your own creative self, yeah. then it's going to be different. Yes. And I think like as like I've mentioned a few times, like identity stuff as like a first gen Asian American who's also like an actor in New York or whatever, and I have conversations with other like women of color, or even like specifically like Asian American women or whatever about this and about our experiences, first gen is kind of I mean, I guess I should say second gen. My parents immigrated here, but I'm the first generation to grow up here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a weird dichotomy. You're not really of either world. You really live fully in an in-between, unique, specific space. And every time I have those conversations with people about that experience, it's so nice and refreshing because I'm like, I don't see this in my media, mm -hmm. in, in TV and books and stuff. And I wish those stories were told more. And I think it's starting to happen. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, let's freaking hope that those stories yeah. get told more. Yeah. I mean, I'll read like a Jhumpa Lahiri book who is Indian American <laughs> and I'm Chinese and literally I'll be like, this is so, I relate. I'm like, you know, it's yeah. like close enough. It's like if someone sure. from New York is reading a, a bio from someone in Florida and they're like, America, <laughs> finally a book about America. Oh, finally. Yeah. God. Well, Lily, thank you so much for joining us today. It thank was a so pleasure. Where can people keep up to date with what's going on in your universe? Oh my goodness. They can go to my website, lilydid.com. My name was taken, so I had to go for a pun. Um, <laughs> although I think it's available now. Don't swoop it from me. Um, don't swoop people, don't swoop. Don't swoop. My Twitter is at lilyd. You can catch me on Herald Night at the UCB Theater. Wow, my Instagram is at lily underscore d if you want to look at photos of my dog. Oh yeah, Ooh. jacuzzi, this, right? Yeah, jacuzzi is adorable. Name. That's, That's a great adorable. Name. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and thank you to everybody else who's been listening to the show. If you like the episode, please subscribe if you're not already. Rate and review. Yeah, say nice things. Say nice things, as Pat says. Please. And um, we're so glad you're here, Lily. So glad you were here. Until next time. Hit repeat. Bye bye. 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 Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.